Buenos dias. Good morning, everyone, or wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Wellspring Words, the podcast. This is your host, Kem, as always. Glad to have you here. And today I'm with a friend, a really, really special friend, and our guest. Her name is Shweta Kumari. And I will give her a chance to introduce herself before I jump into how we know each other and what we're going to talk about for this episode. So Shweta, welcome. Who are you for the people? Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to this project, to this podcast. Who am I? A girl full of passion, dreams, courage, and life. That's how <laughs> I would I describe myself. Um, I'm from India, currently living and working in the New York, in, in Abu Dhabi, and I work as a writing instructor at the New York University, and that's where I met Kim. Um, my life journey have had a lot of ups and downs, but right now it's all about embracing those and moving forward. So instead of looking at those tough moments and vulnerabilities as push down, I see and use those as energy, sources of energy to help me flourish and help me grow further. We love, we love, we love using energy. It's like transmission of, of energy. The things that would normally hold you back from being your best self are the things that you're actually using to create the life that you want and like flourish, as you said, which is so beautiful. Uh, yeah, me and Shweta, used to, we, we worked on the same team. By this point, you would know, like if you are someone who has been tuning in since season one, that I was working in Abu Dhabi. I didn't mention where I was working, but yes, working at New York University in Abu Dhabi as a writing instructor. And Chweta, she and I were on the same team. And then we became close friends, especially when we started living in the same building. So for me, it feels like more of a, a family, like a sister relationship at this point. And it's so special. So I'm glad that we're still in touch. And we would always have these conversations about these kind of topics, like our conversations would always be super, not extremely deep necessarily, but like very meaningful, always meaningful, always like sharing something about ourselves that somehow helped the other person to grow and to, to learn something about themselves and then learn about each other. So I was like, yeah, I need to take this onto the podcast. Other people need to benefit from this information that we share. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I really uh, rejoice those moments that we spend together, just talking for hours and hours with no set agenda, but our conversation will just flow. And, you know, of course, they help each other connect, also connect better and support each other and that I, I so cherish so that, you know, now we are connected in different parts of the world. And I think this friendship is just going to go and get better. Yeah, same. So one of the things that we, that we would talk about either directly or indirectly as a byproduct of other conversations was this idea of giving too much, like having a lot of energy and be, being people who have a lot of energy, who give a lot from our hearts, especially from our hearts, from our minds, our intellect, especially working at a university and in those positions where we're asked to critical, critically think for ourselves and for the students that we would work with. So there's a lot of energy to give and we would be so happy in doing that, be very generous with our energy. But now it seems through the conversations that we've had, we are at a, a, a pro we're in a process or on the journey of reclaiming that energy and thinking about, what about me though? Like, is that reciprocal, the energy that I'm giving out? Is, can I put that energy towards myself? So I wanna know from you, Shweta, how would you, 
I mean, I kind of already touched on it a bit, but from your words, how would you describe your relationship to other people? Like from the outset, how you naturally are introverted, extroverted, and where does that energy come from? I tell everyone my stories and what by doing that, I hope and assume that others will also open up and be true uh, personalities that they will not have to hide things. They will not put the mask on. And that's how all my relationships have been, whether it's with colleagues or friends or, um, you know, people outside of these these relationships. So I, I always feel like I give in a lot. And at times I don't, I'm not even like, aware of that this is so me right like when I take up a call and call a friend from in Budapest or in the U.S. and for two hours or three hours I'm not keeping a a record of it like I'm not keeping a timer to it and it just flows it goes it gives me a lot of energy like when I talk to people they share something I learn something I share something they learn something it just all becomes like a very good energy exchange. So then when did you realize that it was maybe becoming more of a give than a receive on your end. Was there a moment, like, did you have, did you have a specific moment or a set of moments that you thought like, okay, maybe I'm doing too much. And you're talking about friends, but we always talk about dating, you know, in this regard, because maybe that's where it also shows up. So talk to me a bit about that sense of too much energy giving and not enough receiving and how that makes you feel like what that makes you experience as a human being yeah so good I mean like with friends I have been I would say I've been lucky um, that I have friends who do reciprocate I wouldn't say um, in the same proportion but they do and so that's how it, it just helps but with with datings yes definitely I have always and not just with one person two person I think I have always felt that I give in too much and I give away too much and I don't necessarily receive those back. And I have been trying to think and reflect on it because when I see this as a pattern and I think, okay, maybe, I mean, you know, it's it's more about me and not the other person. But also I realize that it's about them too. I mean, you know, it always starts very beautifully, romantically, both person giving effort and uh, spending time. But then gradually I feel like, I am taking advantage of that, you know, for me, it's like you give me as and I remember I, I used this phrase earlier with you Kim, as well. Like I always feel like with love, with romantic love, with datings in, or like my other other forms of love in journal, I say you give me one drop of water and I'll give you an ocean back, which means I just, you know, I, I need that if you give me one sort of indication that you want love or you give me that love I will just give you back in in unparalleled proportions because I just feel like I'm full of that and it just started to feel that I by doing that over and over again with so many people and not receiving that back at some point I had emptied myself and it did hurt me because you know there's no unconditional love as such I think that we all all love that we give to other people is conditioned on how long can I go without getting that same treatment or love or respect back. At some point, you just, you just empty yourself for momentarily, for sure. And that's when I decided to step back and then turn all the love towards myself. So while it was like, you know, towards the other people, towards the world, and I decided enough of that. 
I can't go on with that because yes, as a human being, I too also need someone to share an evening tea with me, right? Someone to like check on me when I'm sick. Well, I have put myself with other people all the time, checking on them, uh, asking them if they need me, making myself available to talk to me. And other person gradually starts to either take you for granted or make find someone else, or they just don't return that back. So it was a moment, I think, mostly, I think, during two years back, one of the summers or, you know, when I just felt like my relationships were not working and I just realized that, enough of giving to other people. I needed to pause and recharge myself. That is so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Enough of giving to other people. I need to pause, recharge. It's so important to recharge. Obviously, like if we, every, everything in life reflects everything in life. So even the physical things that we have, the cell phones and the computers, and, and even I'm looking at like the stuff that I have on my desk around here, like my cell phone, my computer, my guitar that needs tuning that gets out of tune sometimes and that's another way of saying that it needs sort of like a recharging or recalibrating we need that we need to come back to center at some point but something you said made me really think like the whole thing about unconditional love and giving to to the place where you become empty do you feel there's a possibility for harmony between you giving to other people and you giving to yourself, not necessarily you giving to other people and receiving from other people, because that receiving from other people is conditioned upon whether they are in that space to be able to give in the way that you're giving. So is there a harmony between you giving to other people and you receiving from yourself so the energy is contained with, within you, or does it always have to be like an external relationship? Like you give to other people and you receive from other people and then it's balanced because right now it kind of sounds like, okay, you've given to other people so much that now you're depleted and now you're turning into yourself. But is that going to end at some point? And then you go back to just giving to others and with the hopes that they'll give to you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There is definitely a place for harmony. And I think there should be a place for harmony. Uh, else, you know, you don't want to reach a point where when you have completely depleted, exhausted yourself that it just requires like, you know, rebuilding from point zero. So in order for everything to sustain and for you to feel like you are loved and you have enough love to give, you need to work on a sustainable sort of uh, harmonious relationship with how much you give and when and to whom. You know, I prioritize my well-being, my happiness, my need for self-love first before I could give to the other person. And I always like, I have this imagery in mind and I created with this like you know in the airplane message before you put um a, like the mask oxygen mask to your kid even your kid like others please make sure you are wearing one and that just speaks volume about the need to love yourself first the need to care for you first so I've started to do that now right Every morning when I wake up, I take my time. I say good things to myself. I appreciate myself. Like when I look myself in the mirror, I tell myself, look at my body and then show gratitude for the wonderful things my body does to me for, for the day that I'm able to carry, carry on with the energy that I have in store. And I get my cup of tea and breakfast and then I move on. So I, as a person who's an extrovert, who thrives, so... I can't be completely self-centered or completely be outwards. Um, so 
I think there is a harmony when I love myself first and then then give to other people. So that way I also have a control over own my own life. So it's not like all my need for validation, for affirmation, for positive energy, for love is only reliant on what people give me, right? Like if you if I give if you start to give other people so much agency, like I used to do before, right? It's going to be like, I'm not the center of my own life. I don't have the agency and I'm reliant on other people. And I'm, I'm most likely going to be disappointed or hurt. What I have also started to do is pause and reflect and, and, and decide if this person is respecting my love or my energy or not. Is this person really worth it worth it I mean shouldn't sound very negative but why worth it I mean to say is is this person going to respect or even need my ongoing my continuous flow of energy and if I feel like the person has reached a point that where they can either look for elsewhere or they can continue by themselves I move on and then I like I find other person to share my love my energy my motivations my life with um what it does is that there's not one or two source of energy that I'm using to recharge myself. There's always different pockets, different people that I'm gaining and exchanging my source of energy from. So that gives me a sort of, you know, a regular supply of energy and love that I feel like is not going to deplete me in a way it did in the past. So, you know, what, what I've also started to do is Instead of expecting the return of energy and love from the same source that I gave it to, I just feel like I can also get it from somewhere else. So for example, I have one friend that I'm constantly supporting and giving my love and energy to. She might not be as positioned right now to give that back to me because of whatever reason. She's struggling herself. She's not as motivated. She's neither, right? But someone else might give me the love. So it's like, you know, the if how I explain it to that I give my energy to the cosmos and it just, you know, it becomes part of the larger energy and comes back to me in a different form. Might not be from the same source, from the same pocket, but from somewhere else. So in that way, there's always a harmony. There is some sort of equilibrium that, um, that just helps me and people around me sustain and live in a sustainable, you know, yeah, sustainable manner. That's that's beautiful. And it's a very mature way to approach your energy and approach relationships with people. And I'm gonna like ask you about the story as to how you develop this kind of strength later on, because I think some of us are kind of born with it, right? We have that sort of extroverted nature or that ability to go beyond, you know, the that scary feeling of vulnerability. But I think what we're talking about here is some sense of vulnerability as well as, you know, the desire to connect with people. The way that I see it, and I actually wrote about it this morning when I woke up, I was just inspired. This place that I'm living in really is very inspiring. So that's wonderful, especially when it comes to writing. There's this narrative that exists in our world that you can only, and I think it's just that heteronormative narrative kind of, you can only bear your soul or open up to or be vulnerable with one 
person or a few people, because if you do it with everybody, then you're definitely going to get hurt. And the line that I wrote in my, in my journal, I think, let me just try and find it because I think that would be nice to, uh, to experience that. I said, okay. I said, um, it hurts to be seen like this. I can understand my heart and why it feels unprotected. I question the game I've been playing and the world I've been living in that held me in a space of believing that when I jump, I will always fall. I will always hurt myself. The possibilities of destruction are endless. Destruction itself is an eventuality. Because it just got me thinking, like, when we're opening ourselves to other people, why is it that we feel this, and not everybody, of course, but me, for sure, even with my extroverted nature, even with my desire and ability to connect with people meaningfully, I still feel like the connection, it, it simulates vulnerability, but it's really just intellectuality, intellectualism, intellect is the word, I think, you know, just my, my mind working through, <laughs> through the word, but it's really just, I'm intellectualizing, but where does it actually become a sense of vulnerability? Like you can actually, you can see me, there's clarity here. You can see me, the waters are crystal clear and I'm allowing you to see me. I'm, I'm holding that space for myself and for others. And I think it's because of this kind of narrative that your heart is unprotected. Your heart is like, like you know, if we're talking about zodiac signs, a cancer who needs a shell to be protected rather than having the ability and the strength to protect itself. The heart is the strongest part of our electromagnetic field. It's the strong, it has the, the ability to generate the strongest energy, the most light in us. And I haven't known that until recently. And with that knowledge gives me the ability to lean into my heart and tell myself, tell my ego, you can, you can relax, you're safe. And you're not safe because you're being protected passively. You're safe because you are protecting yourself actively. That means that you have the ability to shine and to express and to be and to connect and to be vulnerable. But you can also know where the boundary lies. You know it inherently. You know it intuitively where the boundary lies, where you're able to, as you said, give your, give your energy to the cosmos and know that it's going to reach you where it needs to be reached. But that's because I think, Shweta, you're extremely, extraordinarily self-aware and you're able to sense where that energy is going to and coming from and to catch it when you need to catch it. And you also advocate for yourself super well. Like if you need something, you ask, right? If you need someone to come and support you, you ask. If you're scared at night, you text one of your friends, hey, I need support. And this is one of the, and I'm getting a little bit of chills here because it's reminding me of like the first time we started having this conversation about vulnerability. And I was sharing with you some of my trepidations, you could say, like I was apprehensive about being open with people in that way, like asking for things and being a burden potentially. And that's a common trope, like a common narrative that we see, especially amongst Black women and women in general, sometimes like we, we play such a supportive role to people in our lives because we, we tend to, and I won't, of course, use absolutes here, but we tend to have that ability to really nurture and support and hold space. But when it comes to us, if we're not encouraged to or trained in from an early age holding space for ourselves, it becomes like we need that from other people. We don't know how to ask, though, because we, we are not, we're not uh, primed to ask for it. We're only primed to give it. And that is not sustainable. Speaking of sustainability, that is not sustainable. So you had told me in that, in that initial conversation that when I hold myself back from being vulnerable with people, I, 
I mean, it was, it was like, how, how are you going to tell me this? It's going to make me feel bad. But you, I deprive other people from getting to really know who I am. I, I, I hold, I, I, it's not only that I'm holding myself back, but I'm holding back the opportunity for a beautiful relationship to flourish between me and another person and me and a set of people. And that really stuck with me. Like that really, really changed a paradigm within me to start being a little bit more open with myself because I can't be more open with other people if I'm not open with myself, right? Like we know that that is, we're, we're here talking about like that relationship with self. Yes, it's a relationship with other people, but it's truly starts with the relationship with self. So uh, let me just offer my thank you to you for, for being who you are. Like I always think this when I think of you and I probably hopefully told you before, but thank you for being who you are and for being just so unapologetically you because you have such an impact and even in the way that you're speaking and talking about your energy going into the cosmos, it gives us listeners and <clears throat> people who know you that ability to be like, oh, there's an option here. Like it doesn't have to be just a, a two-way street. Yes, relationships are a two-way street, right? Like you don't want to be in one where people are not are not respecting your energy or or your love or, you know, but just know that whatever you give to the universe, you will receive. It may not be in the way that you think, but you will receive it. Yeah, totally. And and vulnerability, I mean, my relationship with vulnerability has been very interesting. I've always, always embraced that. So, um, you know, I might admire something about you and I'm friendly or they, it's, it's only when you tell me about the toughest time of your life is when I feel like I have seen the beautiful heart that you hold in within yourself. Um, and as, as you know, the first step of building that relationship is always, again, like inwards, like when I open up myself, and I tell you that, you know, this wonderful person that you live today, who might look successful to you, had this past, and then I suffered, or they or maybe I failed, you know, that gives that opens up that platform, that opportunity for you to also be true and, and authentic to myself. And, you know, we live in this world of social media, right, where everything there is filtered to everything. We don't want to see the dark and ugly, the messy, right? Everything that we put, and I'm guilty of that, right? I'm not comfortable putting my messy filter, right? Like I try to present myself well to the world. And, and I feel like over the years, it has just created this very imbalanced uh, picture of narratives of everyone's life. Everyone's life is so pretty. They, they have nothing to worry about. And I just at one point, I got very tired of it. And that's when I realized that we needed to balance the narratives. And, and in, by, in the beginning of this, this year, I decided that my favorite words for the year are going to be coexistence and balance. A coexistence of suffering, pain, vulnerability, but also love, success, joy. And when I say balancing, balancing the narrative that I put out there that yes, you know, I shifted to this wonderful house and I'm really enjoying myself and I'm so happy here. But also sharing that what all it took me to get there, right? I had to live in a smaller apartment for so many years when I missed the sunlight, when I felt like, oh, I wish I could get there. So I guess when we don't share the complete narrative of the struggle and the successes, what we do is we give people half-baked stories and people start to really like, you know, self-criticize and self-pity themselves. Like, is my life so bad? Have I not done enough? Am I not successful enough? And I think it happens to us unconsciously and we are not even aware of it. So 
I really took it on me that next time when I'm going to put a picture or a story on Facebook, I'm going to do it in a very balanced way. So I share all my stories with my friends also in like social media and in general. I tell them that, you know, today I have had such a wonderful day and I took this fancy meal and I went to for the gym and I'm feeling very energetic. But I also tell them that the days when I felt felt miserable, the day I felt like I'm just so useless and I'm not successful. When you tell me the things that you were not very proud of or wasn't very happy, that's when I connect with you. Because, you know, if when you are happy, there are 10 people to celebrate with you. But when you're not sad, when you're sad, when you're not happy, when you don't feel like yourself, how many people can you really count on? So it's it's been... In a way, it's also been a selfish effort, if you if you say so, right? For me to open my wounds to others, there is a selfish motive because I want those people to be available to me, knowing the context where I'm coming from, so that when I need them, I don't need to justify, right? So, for example, I have had um, mental illnesses in the past, and it's been part of my self-care regime that I have told about it to as many people who I can count, like, you know, call upon as possible. So if I have a nightmare or something triggers me, and if I text my friend that, you know, I need you, the, the friend needs to drop everything and come to me. So by doing that, I also tell the other person that you can trust me to do the same to you. And I have done that. And I think that's something I'm very proud of within my friendships and with people and my family also, that because I have opened up, they have also opened up and they have found support and they feel um, comfortable asking for help, not just from me, but also from others. So the thing about, you know, like asking for help and this, I was also doing a self-reflection a year back, thinking about where does this come from? Why do you feel so small when we reach out for help? And I think it comes from our brown cultures and black cultures when we are supposed to strive to be so strong and self-reliant and you know no you can't cry i know you there's no room for you to be vulnerable or no room for you to like beg for help so we just always constantly try so hard to be perfect to be you know all encompassing to have everything within us that it just feels like a shameful act that we it feels like we are reducing ourselves we are beggars we are poors when we ask for help I think we need to take a moment to see, like, is that a right thing to do? Because if we don't reach out for the help, other people, first of all, will never know that they, they we need them. And second of all, they will also not reach out to us uh, for help. So I think I personally try to really um, create an environment where asking for help is normalized. When, you know, it's not like if I ask for help, I'm reduced to nothing, you know? And it's also about like, you help me, I help you. It's not like I'm forever going to be the needy one and never going to be the giver. At one point, I'm the receiver, receiver. at another point, I'm the giver. So that's why I, I again, repeat the words, balance and coexistence. Uh, it's like the perfect way to circle back it's a perfect way to circle back, like the coexistence. Yes. Yo, I'm so emotional right now. You should see me. I have a, we have our cameras off because the bandwidth is kind of low, but I'm so emotional. I'm like breathing, breathing deeply, just feeling your words. Like, Shweta, I, I felt this about you. There was something about you when I first arrived. There was like one, one uh, retreat that we had August 2018 when I first arrived and I saw you and I was like, this is so cute. Because Shweta's so much shorter than me. <laughs> She's so much shorter than me. I'm six one. Shota, I don't know how tall you are, but you're very much shorter than me. You just had this this energy. You're wearing this red dress. I'm just five feet. 
and and five five foot, so you can. You're five imagine. foot. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, when somebody is shorter than me, I'm just like they're short. I don't even know the height. It's always been like that. I'm like they're short, but it never mattered. You always had this energy, and I'm like now I'm I'm beginning to learn, beginning to learn the strength, your strength, like all that you're you're offering to the world and to us. And I'm really getting emotional just thinking like you're such a beautiful person you're such a beautiful being a beautiful energy that there's and i'm so happy that you decided to share yourself with the world and to share both sides of your life or all parts of your life like reminding us not just letting us know that we can that we can reach it but reminding us to go inwards because it's always there it's just kind of removing the blockages to our heart and to that beautiful space reminding us that there is a possibility to always experience the full range of emotions that the full range of emotions and and experiences and feelings and thoughts are valid they're valid and they're part of us that's it you know there is just something so all encompassing about the way that you're speaking with such surety as well which is very comforting to me and i i think what you mentioned specifically about black and brown cultures how the self reliance that we need to develop the strength that we need to develop and a lot of the times it's a facade it's a freaking facade i i can speak for myself it's a freaking facade that i believed in the own facade that i was putting up for years we can say decades at this point i believed in it it is very exhausting like till when like when does it end does yeah. it ever end it's a true question when does it end it's it's freaking exhausting and i realize now how exhausted i am i think that working at nyu really showed me how exhausted i was in having to hold up that facade of always having the answer always being right always being available to hold space but i can't blame of course i'm not blaming the university i'm not blaming anybody else i'm not even blaming myself it's like i was doing what i could at the moment with the tools that i had but as life continues you become more aware hopefully i don't even know if hopefully it's just people are on their journey i'm just trying to see things neutrally i've become more aware and the more aware and conscious i've become to my own spirituality my own sense of self in this matrix and this in this reality we're living in the more tools that i gain to use to come home basically come home into myself and vulnerability and sharing my energy and giving my energy to myself before others is a huge part of coming home so yeah i i think it's i think it's beautiful um what you're talking about and i feel very triggered in the best way because it's it's showing me what i need to see right now at this time in my life it's all about the emotions and actually this a certain kind of strength in being emotional having emotional resilience it's it's one of the concepts that i had to start building last year early last year even before the pandemic we didn't have anything to do with the pandemic to be honest but i think probably general energies has started to intensify in our cosmos which made everything just seem intense shifting into how we're turning that energy into ourselves i love hearing that you said a little while back about kind of the routines that you have to appreciate yourself and to take time for yourself and to create a relationship with yourself um and and have a, a meaningful connection with yourself i'm doing the same in my own in my own little way <clears throat> excuse me in my own little way in my own little corner just so important right like we 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 do so much or at least we strive to do so much every single day and I mean, it just sounds so silly that we don't do it for ourselves, right? You know, they just so much like, yes, I have work and I have to take care of the family and I have my friends and I have like so many things. And then, like you know, I exist. Everything happens because I exist. 
And if I'm not looking towards me and then making that existence meaningful and acknowledging that, then my relationship with 500 other people is just going to fall apart, or at least it's not going to be as energized as, as that. So I, I feel like, you know, even some appreciation of the day um, or something like you need to look at yourself and say, I'm doing wonderful. And, and that just reminds me that um, I, I've had gained weights recently and I'm working on that. And you, we all know staying fit and then working on a fitness routine is hard. Every single day you need to motivate yourself. Every single time you have to make choices to eat healthy and stay fit and all of that. So there was a time that I felt like, oh my God, what's the point, you know, with this, all the pandemic and unpredictability of what's happening tomorrow. I just felt like I worked so hard and I make all these choices and still I don't, I I don't get that the result that what I'm looking for. And then I read a post on on Instagram actually, which which was so beautiful. It spoke to me. It was like your body sustained an entire pandemic. It survived a pandemic, and you are upset that it doesn't look that way that you want. I mean, it had priorities and delivered on them. Say thank you. Oh my God, that whole thing put everything in such a beautiful perspective. And, you know, like also speaking about myself, I had gotten COVID and I was like in a miserable situation for, for more than a fortnight. And I just like said the same thing to my own self, you know, thank you, my dear body for sustaining a deadly virus. And I'm going to just be patient with myself and appreciate whatever my body has delivered to me and not look at myself and I feel like, oh, I still have 20 pounds to lose, right? So I think we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that. We need to also do that more regularly and take a moment to appreciate. Of course, we should have a goal. We are chasing, but not everything should be lost in just changing that game, like appreciating the present, appreciating the effort that it, it, it is taking and appreciating the fact that we are not giving up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally. I mean, we didn't just come to this earth to lose weight, right? Like that's not the reason why we came here. We're trying to have a, where our, our spirits, our souls are trying to have a human experience, not to lose weight, but to, to do way more than that. And that is not even part of it. So I'm living in Puerto Escondido in Oaxaca in Mexico. And when I first came here at this point, it was like a few days ago, I first came here and immediately I met this woman just off of the plane. We were chatting. She was very, you know, had this very bright energy and we exchanged numbers. Cool. You know, we'll link up later. Nice. And a few hours later, she's just, I mean, not even a few hours. I don't know. Um, hanging out with my friends in the garden. Do you want to come by? I saw that it was pretty close by. I said, sure. Ordered a taxi, went over there. And as I pulled up, I noticed that like her, she wasn't wearing a shirt from the back. I saw, I said, oh, is this like a naked party? Okay. And um, it wasn't a naked party. It was just that they didn't want to wear their clothes. And that was, that was it. They did just didn't want to wear their clothes. So they weren't wearing clothes, just like panties or bottoms or whatever, just a few of them there. And I didn't feel anything because I'm like usually naked anyway. It's, it's the most comfortable way to be. It's the most free way to be. But it really got me thinking about just for a bit, like, damn, we put a lot of emphasis on, on the way that our physical bodies look, just the aesthetics of it. The, the way that our bodies look, not even the function of our bodies or the fact that, yes, it's keeping us safe. It's sustaining life, you know, for those who go through pregnancy and delivery. It's, it, 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 
housed a life. It was the vessel for the soul to come from the cosmos into this world. And the focus is, let me snap back. Okay, that can be a focus. But also, your body is a miracle. In everything that it does, it's a miracle. The mere you know, fact that I want to move my fingers in a certain way, and I don't even need to, there's, there's no effort in me making that connection between my hands and my brain. It's happening on its own. Like that is, that, that fucking amazes me. You know, <laughs> those, those small things like that, they amaze me, but maybe one wouldn't be able to appreciate that if they have other things happening in their life, right? Like you remember Ayan Shweta because she was on our team and also those who were listening to season one, Ayan was yeah. also, yeah, Ayan was also a guest on season one and we have stayed connected and she, and she posted something on Instagram recently about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if anyone knows that. Um, and at the very baseline of it is all about survival. And then at the top of the pyramid of that hierarchy, it's, about self-actualization and somewhere in between is probably spatial relation or body understanding or this kind of relationship that you have with yourself. But if people are, are stuck at this very base bottom level of safety, then safety and security and survival, then it's really hard to see the other parts of it. So when we're speaking about this, I would never want it to sound like, oh, those who don't have the same appreciation for their body or for their you know, those metaphysical ways of looking at the world or seeing things that they're not doing something right. We're living in a corrupt ass motherfucking society. Like it's corrupt. The, the lot of, a lot of things that we experience are corruptible and they are corrupt and we become corruptible easily. So what used to be survival based on just like making sure that we have shelter, making sure that we stay alive as long as possible, that we have enough strength to do what we need to do, that we have food, that our families are taken care of, those basic things, has now become making sure that, you know, I'm not trolled online, I'm not bullied, that my body looks a certain way, that people won't see me in this way, because now that look that someone gives me, I immediately interpret it as a threat. And if I feel threatened, then I'm not going to go out of the house. Like the things that were once baseline physical survival mechanisms have become metaphysical survival mechanisms. And that is where we get into dangerous territory, right? Like that's where we don't know what necessarily we can do, which is why there's so much going out for mental health support and making sure that we can have these conversations about being vulnerable and experiencing the true range of emotions. Cause people are suffering. People are suffering, are suffering because they, they don't feel supported. They don't feel held. They don't feel safe in their own homes, in their own hearts because of the kind of society that we live in. And honestly, it's, it's, things are definitely changing, but it needs to change. You know, that doesn't, it, it needs to change. And I know that you have personal experience Shweta, with, with this particularly. So do you want to speak about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So very briefly, I mean, you, you're right that things are changing, but it needs to change and we need to continue and contribute to that change, right? Um, I think, yes, we, I'm not saying everything should look like there is a giant suffering happening and everyone should need to be in that. But I think we all need to appreciate and accept, accept and appreciate and, and, and get energy to move forward from, from that. Like, yes, uh, personally, I, I have had mental sickness, sickness, um, some like long time back, like seven, eight years back. And I suffered through that. And it's been like seven years of my journey to making sense of it. Uh, and it's only now that I've started to realize that I need to write about it. Like more people need to need to know and understand that's part, like, what was that part of me? Not, not a very, um, you know, like, 
it was a down down side of the life and it was very low and i was vulnerable and couldn't make sense of things but now that when i make sense of it and i'm enabled to i just feel like there is this ethical responsibility that i need to share the story so that other people find validation in their own pain right at times when we suffer we we kind of we have all sorts of emotions why me why is it happening like you know my life is just so miserable this is the end of the day will i ever recover and you know what will other people think of me will they stigmatize me and all of that and i just feel like if every one of us stop feeling that way if every one of us start to accept more of that and speak about it and normalize it is just going to make each one of lives at least a little bit more better and smoother right so yes personally i i feel like we need to somehow take those masks off stop pretending that everything is fine when it's not um and then move move from that and each one of us then can you know like collectively uh put that effort to make it sound like more realistic and not just you know everything is rosy and beautiful yes i mean what more to add than yes right like i that's a just a confirmation of what you're saying i wrote down i'm just like kind of writing notes as we're going but i wrote down what you said here that you need to share your story so other people can find validation in their own pain ooh validation in their own pain responsibility I mean you're well equipped to take that responsibility and I hope that people find a way to get there in the in the song that matches their voice the best let's say for using metaphors like in the way that matches the way that you want to interact with the world and the way that feels honest in the way that you interact with yourself hopefully we can get to a place where that becomes the norm the reality that we're living in and the mask you know it's got me thinking about my own writing and my own my own way of feeling that my own expression is valid itself because my focus here living in Puerto Escondido and and just this phase of my life is focusing on my expression focusing on my writing my sense of vulnerability my sense of deep meaningful connection and relationship with other people and myself i have my website now um by the time that you're listening to this it will be out and i will have things on there for you to read um but when in the process of writing i find that it's extraordinarily emotional it's so emotional it's so deep and not always emotional in the i don't even say negative it's just emotional there's just a lot of emotions going on happy emotions sad frustrated anger guilt like all of the things like um the sense of beauty in life uh gratitude like all, all the things but they're intense they're really intense and coming to terms with that type of intensity within myself underneath the surface is is interesting it's it's a little bit jarring at first because what i present is quite uh uplifting positive happy go lucky some could say person with a lot of i think you used the word before shweta like very cheerful and i am cheerful those things are very true about me not that's not a lie it's not like i'm 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 lying about who i am but the mask is there that it doesn't allow for the other parts underneath that um that a presence to really be seen and to really be felt and really feel valid so in writing now is really just letting myself understand that this is real cam this is true i'm used to intellectualizing and being very like disconnected from uh the emotions when talking about emotional things which is so interesting because it's like you think that when you're talking about emotional things you would have some emotion behind it and it's there but it's meted out so like evenly that i can control it but in that relationship that i had early last year the emotions were swinging 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 all over the place and i didn't even know what to do and i thought to myself i 
I don't, I don't feel like I have any emotional resiliency. I feel like I'm just jumping around the place. And I think that looking back, that was sort of a mechanism to keep myself in control, to try and keep myself safe, operating in that same space of, if you open your heart, you will get hurt. Like, you, you're not safe. Your heart is not safe. Who's going to protect your heart to open your heart? And so when whatever energies collided and my heart just decided to open itself during that time, I didn't have those that mentality that helped me to feel like I'm going to be safe when I share myself. And so with the awareness now, from, from awareness, you can actually take action. You could see what works for you and what doesn't and build a sort of strength or resiliency around it. And so that's where I am now, building that those boundaries, that resiliency and taking every moment as a chance to learn and to reflect on myself and yeah so uh, Ken I would just uh, interrupt you here when we say you know like um, when we when we open ourselves and then you know show the vulnerability the other person um, is going to get more comfortable sharing their soul so I think we sh- the listeners and, and all of us should also take that with a bit of pinch of salt and precautions because sometimes they may not right so I think realistically, you also need to be prepared for that. But also remember, if that happens, it's not about you. It's it's about the other person. That the moment you open up and then you show the vulnerability and instead of appreciating and embracing you, the person turns to judge you, that's totally on them. And I know that that can sort of accentuate your sense of feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But I guess we should be aware and strong enough that if that happens, if the response is that way, we are not further vulnerable and that we are not heard. We can take that and, and then say, it's not about me, it's about them and move on from there. I think, you know, at times we get stuck with one person's opinion of us, one person's impression of us so much so that we forget that it's just one person versus, you know, how many are these seven plus billions of people in the world? And, and I, I learned that through one of my relationships. And I realized that, you know, I tried too hard to be the person that you would like. And you kept just telling me that I was not. And then it took me a moment to realize that, well, you know, it's just you seeing me that way. Maybe it's not true about me. And I, I'm, I'm a different person. So I might just, you know, open up with someone else and find other, other places where I feel like there is a resonance. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Thank you. Um, I think... I feel like I've been sort of alluding to this idea that it's it's never really about the other. It's always about starting, like we've talked about it, starting within yourself and then and then whatever happens from there is what's happening. The more that you align with yourself, the more that you will align externally. It's it's a nice way to just synthesize all of that. That's really important. So thank you for that. And um, not only are, are we able to experience ourselves through other people, all the 7 billion people, but we recognize that each person's experience of us or how they perceive us is based on their own, whatever is going on in their life, their own filter of the world. And so that that makes it even more meaningful when you meet people who see you in the way that you see them and you have a really easy connection because it's, it means that you're, you're aligned in some way. You see the world in the same way, or you're mirroring those light parts of each other and not necessarily mirroring the shadows of each other, which is a whole kind of different concept and topic. But um, there's a lot of beauty in that and a lot of beauty in the connection that, of course, we have with ourselves that we can extend to other people. But it always really starts with the self, doesn't it? Wow. Do you have? We talked so much. We did. (laughs) Yes. Do you have any final words as we wrap up this conversation? 
Uh, I would just wrap up by saying it was such a wonderful um, time chatting with you, Kim, and thinking about all these very interesting, very relevant, and also very timely topics. And I think um, I would remind everyone with, again, my two favorite words of the year, coexistence and balance. And may we all find balance in our everyday um, and maybe have the courage to coexist being vulnerable, but also being the strong selves ourselves. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Shweta. It's been like truly a pleasure to have you on this podcast and, and to be able to share in this with you. So thank you so much again. Are you someone who wants to be found on the internet? And if so, where would you like to be found? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not like people can find me on my Instagram. I don't share too much of my personal thing except my art, which is wonderful though. So yes, if people want to find me, they can find me on Instagram. It's shreta.kumari.365. All year, baby. 365. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'll link that so people can find you. Yeah, Shweta does amazing art. I love it. She has made me a beautiful bookmark and she does mandala art and her henna. It's just gorgeous. Um, And for those who want to stay in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at Wellspring Words. You can find me particularly on Instagram at naturallyfree123. And you can check out our online publication, uh, www.wellspringwords.love. Myself, I've started writing my own and you can find um, my own personal writing at www.bykem.co.co. And I'll link everything and hope that you stay tuned for more exciting conversations, let us know on Instagram via email. Um, be well at wellspringwords.love if you have anything that has come to mind or to come to heart for you that you want to express and share. But otherwise, hoping that you stay well, be well, stay blessed, and enjoy this experience of life. Goodbye. Goodbye.